You are listening to the Young Black Travelers Podcast, Black voices conversing on experiential travel, dedicated to creating a global community of travelers. Be bold, be inspired, be spontaneous. We are YBT. So welcome travelers, welcome to another episode of the Young Black Travelers podcast. So most of you know who I am. Again, my name is Asher Cunningham. And for those of you who will be watching this recording, you see um, a face, a new face like we do on all of our podcast recordings. Um, So I'm going to have him introduce himself to, to you. Go ahead. Yes. So my name is uh, Jamal Pantuflet, but I go by Jay London on um, my Instagram, Jamal P. Um, Mm. By the way, just to explain the the London part, when I moved to New York from Amsterdam, Mm -hmm. people thought for some reason Amsterdam was in London. So that's how I got the name. (laughs) No. I'm like, no, they're next to each other, but it's not in London. But uh, that's how I got that name, Jamal London. Oh, wow. 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 That is an interesting fact to know. Oh, there were New Yorkers who thought that, right? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them, actually. I was like, oh, where, where are you getting this? It's, it's the two different cities, but I, I like the name Jamal London. Jamal London. So you, you pronounce your name Jamal Pampoflet. Pantoflet, yes. Pantoflet. Yeah, my grandfather. It's French. Wow. So, you know, we're going to get into, we're going to get into it. So you obviously, you said you moved from New York to Amsterdam, but we're going to talk about, that's the main conversation today, that you were born in St. Martin. Yes, I was. Wow. And and what age did you move from St. Martin um, to Amsterdam? Yeah. When I was 18, I moved uh, to Amsterdam to further my studies. And Mm. then after four years, I moved to to New York. Wow. And, and you know, we, we were talking early on before the, um, the recording. And, you know, when I went to Curacao, that's when I recognized how much men like the, the, the relationship between Amsterdam and, you know, countries like St. Martin, Curacao, Aruba. And it seems like, as I was saying to you, a lot of students literally leave um, islands like Curacao, St. Martin and then go to Amsterdam. Why is that? Um, well, there, there's more educational institutions in Amsterdam and, um, in St. Martin, for example, we do have universities, but they're all American, but is it, even mm. though it's a Dutch island and a French island, they're all American and, um, they're more expensive one. So mm-hmm. most of us, you know, to get garner that international experience and leaving home, um, mm-hmm. we go to New York and the Netherlands is one of the most sought after places to study because uh, one, we are entitled to the same education as Dutch citizens. Um, so mm. we go to school at a, most often for free or at a discounted um, uh, So it's cheaper for us economically to go to the Netherlands and, and study. Um, and in case of, in the cases for Aruba and Curacao, it's the same, but they do have Dutch universities as well. But mm-hmm. the studies are limited. So often people do go away, obtain the degree and go back home. Some of us do stay overseas, but majority do return back home. Wow. That, that, that is actually pretty, pretty dope, right? Because, and, and, and it's intriguing to me as a Vincentian um, born and, you know, I don't think, you know, and I'm, I'm drawing relations to, you know, 
the colonizers. Let's go there. Right. <laughs> there. Um, and the, their contribution to, I guess, the development of the countries they colonize. And what I've recognized is the English colonized countries like St. Vincent, I don't know if we necessarily have that relationship. And I know we are, we are, um, we're independent, but we're still part of the Commonwealth, but it's not something that I necessarily have heard from most English speakers or English speaking, um, countries in the Caribbean, but it's very different for the Dutch countries. And it's a big thing. So, um, it's like an entire, it's a whole process. So people start applying in January, you get a response in May and in, by the end of June, it's like a whole ceremony at the airport where all the students that are leaving with their family is there. The press is there. It's a big thing for us. So people wow. do look. Yes, it's a big thing. And when you arrive in the Netherlands, it's like a whole welcome package. Um, they welcome you at a at a at, at a hotel. Then they put you on different buses, and you go and live your life. And they have your room set up. They have everything for you. So it's a it's a wow. it's a. Um, so the local governments in of Samar and Aruba Curacao, they pay for your tickets and they give mm-hmm. you money for furniture and stuff like that. And then the Dutch government pays for your tuition, your educational tuition, and they um, disperse money every month into your account. So it's a good thing. I feel privileged, to be honest, um, to be a Dutch wow. citizen. Um, <laughs> I, don't have, I have nothing bad really to say about the educational <laughs> system of the Netherlands. It's pretty good. Wow. And you should. I mean, that sounds like a pretty good deal, if if you ask me, right? Um, like both countries are literally contributing to your development as a person. Yeah. That is pretty dope. I mean, wow. You know, so to our English speaking, you know, the the UK, uh, Saint Vincent, you know, all these countries. I think there needs to, yeah, y'all got to step it up because this is not okay. <laughs> wow. Okay, <laughs> so. You moved to um, to Amsterdam. Um, how long were you in Amsterdam? Uh, four years. Um, four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, four years. I did my four-year study and I was out like fast, ASAP. Because I'm an island guy coming mm. from Caribbean and the weather in Amsterdam you know, can be gloomy, gray skies for like weeks and weeks and it's cold. And that was not my vibe at all. Wow. Wow. But, and so, so why New York? Well, um... I wanted, like, when I returned back to the islands, I'm like, I'm not ready for this. I think uh, I'm ready for the world. That's what mm. I wanted to experience. Um, after living in Amsterdam, I love the fast pace. I love the big city life. And I just wasn't ready to be back home. So I, I sat down and I thought, I was like, where can I go? And my grandfather, he's an American citizen, and he lived in the Bronx. I'm like, let me mm. see if I can get, you know, I'll visit him. And I did. And I fell in love with the city. And then I started the whole process for me to move to the U.S. And wow. I fell in love with it. It has the four seasons, unlike Amsterdam. And I love <laughs> the diversity of the city. Like, oh, wow. Amazing. Yeah. No, you, you, you're, you're certainly right. And I think to our listeners, um, as I said before, we are New York based, Young Black Travelers is New York based, though we are global um, in our scope. Um, but so we, 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 we push this city. I think New York is, as you said, a global city. I mean, I have everywhere you go, there's so many neighborhoods and people are speaking um, in their accents. And so you hear accents here, you hear an accent from me, you hear an accent from Jamal. But I've always said this, you know, it's easy, though I, because I moved to New York and the United States when I was, 
I think 12, right? And so to most people, that's a time where, you know, if I had moved somewhere else, I'm sure it would have been easy for this accent to completely go, though my accent is a mixed accent. But it's easy to keep the accent because in New York, you're speaking to people in, from Jamaica, St. Vincent, and they're speaking to you in their accent. So that's why I think it's a harder city for anyone to lose their cultural identity. In fact, I think living in New York, you gain a better cultural understanding than you probably would even at home, to be yeah, quite yeah. frank. 100 <laughs> I, I agree. And when I visit other cities in, in the U.S., it, they don't hit like New York. And it's because of what you said. Um, I felt welcome to, in, in New York. I felt like I can just be myself. I don't have to adapt. I don't hear often like, oh, where are you from? I'm hearing an accent. Like wherever I go in the U.S., the first thing they, they ask is like, oh, where are you from? You're foreign, you know, or, or say something <laughs> New York. It's like, all right, you're you're from here. We're cool. Um, sometimes people will ask you, but it's not as common and often and 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 frequent as outside the states. And that's what I like. Um, I can often because of my accent, I feel uncomfortable when people ask me, "Oh, I hear an mm. accent." Um, I hear an accent too. <laughs> you know, I'll tell them, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't get that, and I love that feeling. That is true. That is true. Wow. Wow. So before we go into the break, I guess the next question for you is, we know you're from St. Martin. Um, you, you grew up in St. Martin, but have you visited any other Caribbean island? And if you have, what is your favorite? I have visited several Caribbean islands. Um, I lived in Aruba for eight years, uh, from the mm. age of five through 13. Uh, my parents were actually born there. It's also a Dutch island. So it's wow. pre-migration within the six Dutch islands. Um, I went there after the hurricane was destroyed. Um, a hurricane destroyed St. Martin in 1980. Um, and I liked Aruba, but it's not my favorite. My favorite is Jamaica. Love, <laughs> okay. Yes, love, love, love the culture, love the people. And um, it's, it's just, it just feels like home to me, other than St. Martin. I still think St. Martin is number one. Not being oh, wow. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I would say this, you know, like your accent is closer to like it give, give me a Jamaican, even Vincentian vibe because they say Vincentian accent is very close to uh, Jamaica, Jamaican accent. So yeah. I could see why, you know, you probably love Jamaica. Wow. Yeah. One love. One one. <laughs> That's good. Wait, so you said there are six, six Dutch islands. What are the six? So it's the ABC Islands, which is uh, Aruba, Bonaire, Curacao. They mm-hmm. um, border Venezuela um, mm-hmm. to the south. And there's the Triple S Islands, which is uh, St. Martin, Saba, and St. Eustatius. They are on uh, the northeast of the Caribbean, about 100 yes. <laughs> So those two, Saba and Sint? Sint well, it's it, the, the Dutch, well, how the Dutch call it is St. Eustatius, but we call it Stacia. As Stacia. Those are the two islands I think I've missed. And I think a lot of people are missing when they're thinking about other islands. Because I remember hearing about, I think, Saba sometime when it was the first time I heard about it. And I still honestly don't know much about it. So research. (laughs) Uh, It's rated the number one. Well, it's between Saba and Bonaire. Uh, Every year they go between number one and two. Um, for the best, I think they call it like underworld or sea world. So snorkeling mm. is a snorkeling 
haven. And Sable is just a volcano. It's about eight miles from St. Martin. Station is also a volcano, but there's it's land around it. But Sable is unique because it's a volcano with about 1,500 um, residents, most of them being medical students from the U.S. But the diving experience is second to none. Nowhere else in the world has that experience. So they do wow. stand out. Yes. Okay. So is is it easy? So how do you get to Saba and Stacia's? I think I said that right. Samoan is actually a hub from like about seven, eight islands in the region. So you have to land there and either take a boat or a short flight. It's like 15, 20 minute flight on one of those small things. So. Wow. So I guess the tip here is when you go to St. Martin, do consider visiting probably one of these other two islands, which are two other countries. So two other stamps yeah. on your passport. Wow. So, okay. Including uh, Anguilla and St. Martin as well. Um, they're five miles from St. Martin. So whenever I visit St. Martin, I do island hop. I do go to Anguilla more often than the other islands mm-hmm. because it's quiet. The beaches are amazing. And um, I get some type of peace. And St. Bart's is, you know, the bougie experience, um, but it's also fun to get away as well. The other two islands, they don't offer what Anguilla and St. Bart's offer, but they are unique. They offer wow. hiking experience. And Stacia, for example, you can hike the volcano and enter the volcano. And mm. when you enter the volcano, it's just like a whole lot of fruits and it's cold inside. So that's a major attraction because you would never expect a volcano to be cold and producing mangoes and grapes and bananas and the soil uh, is, is beautiful. Wow, that is pretty dope. Okay, so listen, as you have you've just received like rich information. Like literally the advice here is when you go to St. Martin, like maybe you should plan to like island hop as Jamal is saying. And I know it's been a question that many people have asked about island hopping in the Caribbean. And we know it may not be necessarily the cheapest to hop in the Caribbean, but it seemed like going around from St. Martin could be um, a good and cost-effective way to see different islands. Wow. Well, listen, so we've just gotten to know a lot about Jamal. And so we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to dive into the meat of this conversation. And we're going to learn a lot more about St. Martin. So stay tuned. So welcome back. Welcome back. Um, I know you have learned a lot. I mean, Jamal has dropped a lot of tidbits, nuggets. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm leading this conversation, but I'm over here like really gleaning from the information. Um, so hopefully if you um, haven't listened and if you're starting from right now, which you probably shouldn't be because you would have probably started the whole conversation from the beginning, but basically go back and literally take down notes of everything Jamal has said from the beginning. But, you know, we're going to get into the meat of this conversation. And as we said, Jamal was born um, in St. Martin. And St. Martin is an island in the Caribbean that, you know, many Americans talk about. But I also know growing up in St. Vincent, a lot of Vincentians do talk about as well, because it is one of the more developed Caribbean islands. Um, And I think based on what Jamal talked about earlier on, we can get why it is extremely developed. It seemed like the Dutch contribution to the island is major and therefore that leads to the development of the island. And even in developing the human capital, which is people like Jamal, 
it does obviously will help with development. But as we get into this conversation, what is it, what is a typical day like for a local in St. Martin? Hmm. Um, I would say uh, it's definitely a hustle um, because for the size of the island, it's only 37 square miles and it's divided in two. So there's two of everything, two governments, two ports, two airports, two of everything. And um, they're kind of competing with each other, but not really, but sort of like indirectly. Mm. And there's and the island also functions as a hub. So there's a lot of cargo and people that have transfers to the, the island and then distributes whatever to the the, 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 the the surrounding islands. And that's why I think St. Martin is a real hustle and bustle uh, island uh, for mm. locals. Everyone is after the dollar, mainly. We have three currencies in St. Martin, um, the euro, which is used on the French side, the dollar, and the gilder. But the dollar is, is most sought after. So mm. it is a hustle um, 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 type of environment. Tourism is major in St. Martin. And again, different type of tourism sectors, such such as uh, the cruise industry, um, their hotel industry, and the yachting industry as well. We're a major yachting um, hub for the Caribbean. Mm. So money is there. People are hustling. Of course, of course. And, um, and I, think, I think we're actually overdeveloped and we handle way more than we should because one, mm. you see it in the traffic, especially on the Dutch side. The Dutch side has everything, casinos, um, clubs, prostitution establishments. You have everything. Whereas mm. the French side, it's very quiet. You can relax. So you get the best of both. Um, however, the Dutch side is a little bit too congested because of the hustle and bustle. And everyone wow. comes about it. So it's money. You're hustling and you're making money. And wow. I think that contributes to our development. The strong, mighty dollar. <laughs> the strong, and hopefully it stays the strong, mighty dollar because we are hearing the news of different countries dropping the dollar. And as an American, you know, I want the dollar to remain strong as travelers like yourself. We want that, right? <laughs> So, wait, so I mean, you, you talked about the French and the Dutch side. And so just give the listeners um, a little understanding of the difference. And maybe you, you may need to get into history because do you need a passport to go to the French side and vice versa? Like, what are, what are those differences? Yeah. So um, as an international traveler, you, um, you would enter the port of Princess Juliana Airport, Airport mm-hmm. World SXM. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the French has an airport as well, but mm-hmm. um, flights mainly go to other French islands, including Guadeloupe, and Barbs, and Martinique. It's not an international airport; um, it's a small regional airport. Um, so, wow. so you enter from the Dutch side. Uh, once you enter on the Dutch side, you're free to. Well, technically, you you can roam about on the French side as well. However, when you're in France, in uh, on the French side, you're in France. So mm. we're in Europe, technically in Europe. The Dutch side, we're like a Puerto Rico, where we are part of the Dutch kingdom, but um, we have our own visas. We have our own prime minister. We have our own um, currency. So we don't have to adhere too much to the laws in Europe. Whereas the French side, it's just a mayor. They vote for the French president. They have the euro, wow. the official currency. So all European laws do apply on the French side. So let's say a Jamaican enters. Um, the island from the Dutch side. Um, technically, they're not allowed to go on the French side, but if they do, they have to have like that stamp to show that we did enter legally. 
but mm. they are allowed to pick you up. But Americans don't have that issue. Uh, most people don't encounter that issues, but it do. It does happen now and then, and it becomes a big thing because everyone's like, "Well, I entered the island. Well, you did have a permit for the Dutch Caribbean, not Europe." So people need to be mindful of that, but you won't be incarcerated, but you can be pulled aside by the French officials if they decide to question you. Yeah. Wow. So but the borders are open. Oh, wow. Borders, no tolls, no nothing. You see a sign saying, welcome to St. Martin and Bienvenue à Samate, which is the French side. But there wow. are restrictions. Yeah. That, is, that is real, really interesting. And I think... As you're explaining that, a lot more a lot more questions come into my mind, right? And more so thinking from an American perspective and the issues that we are dealing with as it relates to the migration crisis. And in my head, and we may not, we would not get into that conversation. I'm like, I just see like that could be an easy way, right, if for migrant, right, because to, to really claim access to Europe. But I'm sure there are some complexities there, but. That's just, that was honestly the thought that came into my head as you were talking about that. <laughs> very much so, very much so. But again, it hardly happens. Rarely happens where one is approached by the French officials and deported or arrested. But it can happen. But not okay. if you're an American citizen, of course. You you're free to roam within. To roam about. Okay, yeah. good, good. And so for 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 families, let let's start there. For family who may be looking for. Summer's coming up and they're looking for a summer vacation and even beyond the summer, you know, maybe it's the winter time in the U.S. and they want a quick getaway to St. Martin. What are some family friendly places and where would you recommend that families go in St. Martin? Oh, um, I would recommend um, Lottery Farm. It's, it's, it's based on a friend side. It's basically a mm. uh, an eco lounge um, high up in the mountains. Um, there's a pool. There's there's uh, many restaurants. Um, it's a sanctuary lounge, basically. Hmm. And families do go there because there's a special segment for kids. There's a special segment for adults as well. And um, for adults, rather, um, there's often like pool parties and stuff like that. You can zip line. Hmm. You can hike. You can do a whole lot there at Lot, Lot Lottery Farm. Um, but I like it more so like when I take my adult friends on because we hmm. do have a really good time you can rent cabanas it's, it's all luxury that's being offered at Got you. but not overpriced either mm. uh, another attraction i think is that i've witnessed family enjoy a lot in simarin is um the maho beach experience which is right behind the airport people love yeah. flying to for that attraction to see the planes mm. land up at the beach one of the reasons and, why i want to go <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing i've been doing it from since i was a kid um, which is why I wanted to become a pilot, but uh, plans change. But to <laughs> go there often just for that, because people do not believe like th this exists. But I also see a lot of families enjoying themselves there because there's a lot of like there's restaurants and bars, and um, just the experience is in itself is is beautiful and magical. Wow. Maho Beach, Maho Beach. Okay. And so you've also, I think you've added some tips for, I guess, young people as well, um, because the, this this will actually apply to young people as well as well. Yes. Yes. So St. Martin is, especially again, the Dutch side is um, a party city. Uh, hmm. uh, yeah. Party island for sure. There's clubs everywhere. But Dutch there's side. Um, there's lounges. There's, you know, prostitution establishments. It's, it's legal there. Uh -huh. uh, 
and to drink is 18 and up. So for those 18, well, under 21 travelers from the U.S., mm-hmm. you're more than welcome to party in St. Martin. Um, wow. And just the excursions, uh, the day trips to other islands, um, the many events you can do on on both sides of the, of the islands, I think is on kind of like unlimited, to be honest. Um, and, and for those that are more relaxed, French side would be the best option. And I do that often. Um, mm. At night, I would be on the Dutch side. Um, partying. <laughs> and in the daytime, I would be on the French side because it's too wow. much. Going on. Oh, wow. Okay. So that, that's actually a great uh, advice. You know, if you just want to relax, take yeah. it easy, go to, go to France. And if you yes. want to <laughs> party and, and gallivant, go to Amsterdam, go to the, the Netherlands, uh, St. Martin, right? So that, that, makes, that makes sense. And so what are some of the beaches um, that you would recommend outside of Maho Beach? Um, mm-hmm. What are other beaches that you would recommend um, that travelers go to see? Mullet Bay Beach, which is not too far from Maho Beach, probably like five minutes drive. Mm. Um, but that's considered like the, the local beach. Most of us grew up going there. Um, mm-hmm. It's one of the most beautiful beaches on the Dutch side. Um, but another beach I would recommend is um, Orient Bay Beach. Um, Orient Bay, okay. Beautiful. Um, it's also, it, it also has a nude beach sex, section. Mm-hmm. Um, which is popular amongst uh, older travelers. But what mm-hmm. I love about Orient Bay Beach is um, the amount of restaurants that are on the beach. Um, and they're all, again, they offer luxury. They offer an experience, but it's not too expensive. It's mm. like Ibiza in the Caribbean, which is what St. Bart's is known for. But oh, really? Bart's <laughs> is nice and all, but it doesn't have as many options as St. Martin. And another beach I would recommend is... Um, um, the beach in Phillipsburg, uh, Great Bay Beach. Um, okay. It's a boardwalk lined with restaurants, at least 60 to 80 restaurants. And they're from cuisines from all over the world, which is another thing St. Martin is known for. We are mm-hmm. called the culinary capital of the Caribbean because you get food from everywhere. There's a lot of restaurants. Wow. Yeah, we are also the melting pot of the Caribbean, boasting over 150 nationalities. Wow. Um, not within the Caribbean has more nationalities um, than St. Martin's melting pot, which is why I chose Amsterdam, which is why I chose New York. I like diversity and, and inclusivity. So that that oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah. another uh, great tip. Um, I did not know that St. Martin was a melting pot of the Caribbean, but it makes sense, right? Because as I said, growing up, I St. Martin is one of the Caribbean islands that I knew a lot about, right? And interestingly, to a lot of um, Americans, people would think that. Vincentians or people in the Caribbean talk a lot about Jamaica. I, I didn't know much about Jamaica, right? But I knew a lot more about St. Martin, probably because my uncle was sailing and all of these things. So it, it just made sense to me. But yeah, it just makes sense that it is the melting pot of the Caribbean because a lot more people do know about it and you guys seem extremely welcoming. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's, that's good to know. And so how can travelers get around like what are the ways to get around the island because there is a french side and there's a dutch side and mm-hmm. is driving easy do people rent cars like how do people get around the island yeah most people rent cars or atvs uh, some take the dollar bus um mm. which is like these small vans that can hold up to like 25 people um, okay there is public transport uh between the the two sides of the islands uh, okay 
from the Dutch capital to the French capital mainly, and then to different parts of the French side from the Dutch side. Um, So public transport is not an issue, um, except after certain hours, I would say after 8.30, it becomes a little tricky. But then you have taxis that are available. Um, Uber isn't available or Lyft either, so no. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah. actually not in many, in any Corbinat I know of. <laughs> yeah. and, um, but I, was, I would recommend folks to um, rent a car. Um, okay. Because there's so much to see in St. Martin. As you mentioned, it is a very developed island. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot to see. I think if you stay in the Simpson Bay area, Simpson Bay, Maho area, you probably won't need a car. But I would still I would still recommend it. However, hmm. um, again, um, if you want to reach to the French side, you would have to drive or take a cab because the French side does have a lot to offer. Gotcha. But it's just so different. Like hmm. it's, as soon as you cross the border, everything is in French, and the people speak French. It looks different as well. Same thing hmm. when you cross the border on the Dutch side. Everything isn't in Dutch. It's so much more Americanized. But yeah, but you can you can get a whole lot. So a car would be the best way. Wow. <laughs> you know, this 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 conversation is, is causing me to want to go and do a lot of research on St. Martin. Um, because like when you're talking about how different the island look from the French to the Dutch side, and it, it just causes questions, I guess, what was happening back then? Like how would how were they decided to like develop the islands? I guess were, yeah. were they not working together? But yeah. <laughs> so much yeah. questions. Doors <laughs> were open, and uh, the story is um, when they divided the island, um, the Dutchman walked with beer, and the Frenchman walked with wine, and that's how he covered more of the area. Well, the, yeah, the the land. The French side is bigger than the Dutch side, but the Dutch side's economy mm-hmm. and is bigger than the French side. The Dutch side is way more developed and advanced. Oh, wow! Wow! Okay, and and and. And so what would you say, what are some food, foods that you would recommend travelers um, partake and eat when they get to St. Martin? I know it's an international island and we have influences from all over. So we probably may be able to get doubles from Trinidad and all of these things, <laughs> bacon shock. But what is a local? <laughs> local would be conks and dumpling. That is a thing that we are known for. Um, conks and dumpling. Okay. And chicken leg and Johnny cake is something that people like go to everywhere you go. You want something fast? Give me a chicken leg and Johnny cake. You know what? What do you guys call Johnny cake? It's like I think the is Jamaica it fried bakes. Yeah, fried bakes. It's like uh, the festival kind of, but the wrong ones. Yeah, so, so we call it bakes. We call it bakes. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So chicken leg and bakes Johnny cake. Okay. <laughs> As well, but chicken leg is the m- most common. Um, it's what we mainly um, pair it with, chicken leg. Chicken leg, <laughs> not, not chicken wings. No, chicken leg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Chicken, Johnny Cake. <laughs> <laughs> wow, chicken leg and Johnny Cake. That is so interesting because I think growing up in St. Vincent, we, you know, when in school, people would get um, bakes and chicken wing, usually chicken wing. But you guys do chicken leg and Johnny Cake. Okay. And... <laughs> So what are some other foods? Um, so Kongs is one, chicken leg and Johnny cake. Also another common um, bite I would say is uh, chicken leg and chowda cheese. Chowda, I think, in, it's a Dutch cheese, but I think in English they would say gouda. G-O-U-D-A. Oh, gouda. 
Wow. But it's Hauda. Um, it's a Hauda. Yeah, it's named after a city in in the Netherlands. Um, that is something people go to for breakfast, like easily. It's just like Johnny cake and cheese, please. But usually it's with how that cheese. But you can add American cheese if you want to. Um, <laughs> wow. Also, yeah. Um, <laughs> we are known for seafood. Obviously, it's the Caribbean. Um, mm-hmm. I think um, lobsters. The way we do it is quite unique um, on the grill. Um, versus the American way of boiling and then adding butter. I don't. I don't eat it like that. I grilled. Ah. Um, what else okay. is? There? I would say those are like the three top, three top foods in Samoan. Wow. Yeah. So chicken legs, jolly cake, um, jolly cake, and how the cheese. How the cheese. I love it. <laughs> hold on, hold on. And then um, lobster, lobster with grilled lobster. Yeah. And then Kongsen dumpling. Kongsen dumpling. Good, good. All right. So listeners, when you go to St. Martin, make sure you you taste or, or, or try to get these four dishes. So don't go and ask for fries and chicken. Make sure you're getting the, the Johnny cake and Chicken leg. Make sure you're getting the bakes or Johnny cake and howda cheese. Make sure you're getting um, the constant dumpling. When you say dumpling, you mean um, because the, I know Jamaicans the, call. The, go the ahead. Roll in like you put in soup and stuff. The soft dumpling. Okay. Stuff. Yes. 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 That's what we call dumpling as well. I think you know. Not a lot of Jamaicans have confused the, the, a lot of what I call things. Thank so you. okay. We call it the same thing. So dumpling. Um, okay. Wow. So these are actually honestly some really good dishes that I definitely would want to try. And the the lobster, when I went to Zanzibar last summer, actually they do the lobster the same way. Mm-hmm. They grill the lobster. And it was, I think I was saying to my friends there, I've had lobster here and I remember having lobster in Maine and I did not like it, right? It, it, it wasn't a thing. Maybe it's exact, as you said, you know, it's probably generally boiled, but- yeah. They grilled it, and the flavors were just like it was so good. Yes, it just tasted. It was really good. Yes, yes, good. That's how we do it. Okay, good. Well, so we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we are going to get into the end. And we, as we do, we shout out a guest, um, friend of our guest, and we're just gonna end this conversation, wrap everything up. And so, thank you, Jamal, for being here with us, and stay tuned as we wrap this entire conversation up. Wow. So welcome, welcome, welcome back. We are at the tail end of this conversation. Again, we have Jamal. I'm going to try to say your last name again. Um, don't <laughs> kill me, but Panto Flet. Flet, yes. Flet. Panto Flet. Jamal with us. Again, Jamal was born in St. Martin. Um, Jamal studied in Amsterdam. Jamal lives in New York. I mean, talk about... Be it global, this is the representation of a global citizen right here. And we know, and from my experience going to Curacao, um, I just know that they are a very um, diverse group of people. And I, we'll get into a little bit more of that. So, But let's get into the shout out um, of our podcast. And so on all of our episodes... 
we shout out and we try to shout out someone that our guests may know, someone who follows the YBT blog, someone who follows our podcast, someone who is engaged in our community. Um, And on this podcast episode, we are going to take time to shout out a friend of Jamal um, and a follow of his, I know on Instagram, and his name is Demetrius Global. Again, a fellow traveler, another traveler, have amazing pictures on his page. So if you want inspiration, if you want travel inspiration, you should head on over to Jamal's page and he's going to drop his Instagram a little bit later on. But you should also go over to Demetrius's page and his Instagram handle is Demetrius, D-E-M-E-T-R-I-U-S, Global, G-L-O-B-A-L. And you will get... I, I know his page definitely will inspire you. So head on over there and check him out if you just need some inspiration as to where to go. Yes, Jamal. So I guess um, before we go into the game, um, well, we usually play a game on our podcast. We usually play this or that, but you're going to get a new game that we're going to be introducing. But before we go there, <laughs> um, the, the question for you is, do you speak um, do you speak Dutch? Yes, I do. Dutch is my first language, mm. uh, followed by, I would say, English. But I think English is overtaken Dutch because I don't speak it as often since I moved to the U.S., Mm-hmm. Uh, I, just, I speak uh, Dutch, English, uh, some French, um, Papiamento, Spanish, and Afrikaans. Those are languages that I speak. Wow, wow. And, and let, let, let me say this. I think this is the trend for most Dutch, um, Dutch does colonies, or how do you guys classify them? Is it colonies? So, no, we, we're, we're called partners no, within the Dutch kingdom. We don't Partners. The word colony is uh, a bad word. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so for most Dutch partners, uh, the, the, the common, common trend is a few languages because in Curacao, they definitely spoke minimum five languages. But the one that you said that I thought was a little bit shocking was Afrikaans. Now tell us that story. So um, Afrikaans is, as you know, spoken in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, but how we learned it is because um, it's, I would say it's like 60% Dutch, but they do teach us that as well. So the Dutch educational system, you learn three languages every day. It's a minimum. So English and Dutch daily, and then a third language. And that's from um, the first year in high school, straight through college you cannot drop three long languages a day every day um and wow. martin and aruba and curacao those are the big dutch islands and they are also melting pots because mm. there was an economic boom in aruba and curacao the oil boom back in the days mm-hmm. um, and St. Martin had a tourism boom so people from all over the region flocked to these islands and again um when there's elections is not even half of the population can vote because it's mainly foreigners so that's how we pick up on a lot of languages because your neighbor wow. is Haitian or French or whatever, some comes from square. And wow. we don't even need school to learn the languages because, you know, again, it's a true melting pot um, and it's very, very small and, and to me, over overpopulated. And it's the same hmm. in uh, Aruba and Curacao. So you learn something, you definitely... Uh, will pick up on a language. So most people where I'm from speak minimum three to four languages. Wow, wow, wow. And you said that you had um, spent, you spent 
three months in South Africa? Yeah, recently. Um, I wanted to get away from the U.S. I felt it was giving ghetto vibes. Um, <laughs> the ghetto vibes. <laughs> so right after the election, I was like, I'm going to vote. And then after the election, I was out. I was out November 17th and I came back uh, February 12th. Um, which man, I also made a stop in Jordan on my way back here. Um, okay. But there, oh, wow. And living my best life, it was a magical experience. But that's a wow. Another time. It was that's great. another story, another podcast. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I'm uh, Did you fly Royal Air Morocco? Um, no, no, not Royal Air Morocco. Air Jordan. Air Jordan. I did. Okay. You see, as travelers, you got to know the the, 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 the the airlines. Okay. Wow. That's cool. That's cool. So let's get into this game. You know, we were just talking about airlines and, um, you know, as I said, based on him saying he stopped in Jordan, clear understanding that the airline he probably would have flown must have been Royal Air Jordan, I keep thinking more of Royal Air Morocco and connecting them to their very different, two different parts yeah. of the world, <laughs> Middle East and Africa. Um, <laughs> but I guess we are going to test your knowledge, um, Jamal, of airports, you know? So I guess it's guess the airport, airport code, okay. right? These should be easy for you because... These are New York airports. Okay. So, well, these, the first few should be easy for you. Um, so let's guess these. LGA. LaGuardia. LaGuardia. So LaGuardia is an airport in New York. New York. We'll break them down a little bit later on. JFK. John F. Kennedy in New York. John F. Kennedy. And EWR. Newark Airport in New Jersey. Newark Airport in New Jersey. So, okay, we'll, we'll we'll get back to those a little bit later on. Now, this one, I you, you should know this. A M M. Amman. Amman. All right, good, good. And where's Amman? That's in Jordan. That's the capital of Jordan. Good. Yeah. And this last one. Um, hopefully, you get this one. <laughs> Because I, I mean, I, I, I did look at your page, and I think you went here, so this should be far. G R U. G R U. I know it. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait. G R U. G R U. South America. Wait, I know it. One second. Uh, <laughs> uh, trying to bring. No. No. No, 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 no. Okay, so let, 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 let me help you I out. I know the name. Brazil. Oh, Sao Paulo. <laughs> no? Sao Paulo Airport, yes. And I think I have problems saying it. I think it's called Gurulos. Yes, yes. Something along that line. So, all right, so Jamal got, he got, he got a few of them, a few of them, right? Gurulos was his challenge. Um, but okay, so you are in New York. You live in New York now, so you're a New Yorker. Yeah. And have you flown out of all three New York area airport? Because I do, I don't consider one of them a New York airport, by the way. Yeah, I have flown <laughs> out of all three. Yeah. Three. Which one, I mean, which one is, would you rate as probably the best? Um, hmm, um, JFK. JFK. Yeah. And what's your experience at LaGuardia? Now it's better. 
that they are renovating, well, creating new terminals is much better now. I like using mm-hmm. LaGuardia, but you can't take international trips from LaGuardia. So, correct. My JFK is my favorite. Got you. And by the way, guys, I mean, if you're ever flying into New York, um, LaGuardia, now, I know years ago, LaGuardia was, you know, it was bad. It was not. It was not pleasant to fly through. Like you felt depressed mm-hmm. going through LaGuardia. But now it is a beautiful airport. So if you're considering um, taking trips from New York into other states, um, I think it may go to. I think some Caribbean islands. Yeah. LaGuardia is something you should an, an airport you should definitely consider. Um, and how about Newark? Rundown. I'm not. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> they, need, uh, they need to invest in revamping Newark. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I I certainly agree with you. Newark, EWR, and so the reason why you listen to these podcasts is to get tips. And I know when you're booking your tickets, you're probably going to see New York area airport, and you're going to see Newark there. I'm telling you. If you're not staying probably in Manhattan, maybe in the Bronx, Newark is not necessarily convenient to get to, right? And it is also not a I have I didn't find it a beautiful experience. So as Jamal said, it's it's also run down. Yes. Um, but you know, you pick your poison. JFK all day. Yes. <laughs> and I guess our last question for you is. What is your favorite, I guess, activity to do here in New York as a New Yorker? Mm, um, I love the parks in the summer. New York, uh, in the summer, I don't think there's any place better than New York, to be honest. I love how empty the city becomes. I love that all the, the students and the business folks New York. I love the parks. I love the free concerts. I love the food. I love the different festivals. I mean, it is New York. Um Pick up yourself, you know. It's so much good, but the best time is summertime. I agree. I agree. Summer in New York. I, you're right. I echo your your thoughts exactly. Summers in New York is the best, and you know, new, winter can be a little bit droggy sometimes. And you know, you have to find that motivation to go out. And even though there are things to do, you have to motivate yourself, obviously. But summers, yeah. there's something everywhere. I mean, you know, <laughs> every block, you know, stuff like that. It's beautiful. Yeah, so definitely this summer, make your way to New York City if you have not considered it. Um, there's a lot to do. There's a lot of festival. There's a lot of markets, the night market. There's also Smirkersburg that now happens at Prospect Park and then also in Williamsburg. A lot that you definitely can do. So definitely check out New York this summer. But Jamal, I want to thank you for joining us for today's podcast recording and today's conversation. Um, do you want to leave your Instagram handle or a way for our listeners to reach out to you if they need anything, any questions? Yes. Well, first of all, let me start by saying thank you for this platform and everything that you're doing. Um, when you're welcome. Shout <laughs> and, you know, the reposting of um, pictures and just highlighting young black travelers. I commend you for that um, initiative. Thank you. And the, the podcast, please um, allow <laughs> me to share your podcast and just let the world know that you do exist. I love what you're doing and um, just highlighting black young travelers. I think it's a beautiful thing. 
Um, my Instagram Thank you. is yes. My Instagram is Jamal P. So J A M A A L P as in Peter or Pantoflet. My last name. <laughs> and, um, please feel free to DM me if you have any questions. I do have some contacts here and here that I can make mm-hmm. happen, especially in Jordan. But I can't say it over here because certain things oh. are allowed, but you can get things done, I guess. <laughs> Just who you know. <laughs> um, it's easier when you know folks that's based in the country. So thank you. Good. Wow. So listen, y'all heard it here. Definitely reach out to Jabal if you're particularly thinking about Jordan. And Jabal, I'm probably going to re- well, I'm going to reach out to you because I'm actually considering you know, my summer plans and I'm thinking of Israel Jordan merge. So, you know, we'll talk, we'll talk, we'll talk. And so Jamal, again, I want to say thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you for the wealth of knowledge that you have imparted on our listeners. Um, I mean, there was just a lot of nuggets, as I said, that we, you dropped and a lot of information that I know as travelers, you, if you listen and you take the advice, it will definitely help you on your journeys. But I also want to remind you, our listeners, that Young Black Travelers is a listener-supported podcast. So head on over to our website, youngblacktravelers.com, and you can go on, go on over to our Anchor page and click the support button and leave a donation for Young Black Travelers. Also remember to follow us on all of our social media platforms. We're on Facebook at Young Black Travelers. We're on Instagram at Young Black Travelers Blog. We're on Twitter at YBT Blog. And again, our website, youngblacktravelers.com, where after this conversation is done and we upload it, you will see a lot more information, pictures based on what we've talked about today. Uh, We also want to remind you that even though we are coming out of a pandemic, we want you to keep the practices that we have learned throughout this time so we can keep our world open so you can continue to explore and have amazing experiences just like our friend Jamal has had. So again, we want to say thank you, Jamal, and everyone, thank you for joining us today and have a wonderful day. Adios.